Welcome to the podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing 11 things you need to know before your first ever through hike. And after listening to this list that I just compiled, you are going to increase your chances exponentially of completing your first long through hike. Now, most of you probably know this, but a through hike refers to basically a, a hiking trail that spans the entire length of a trail from one end to another, typically covering hundreds of miles to maybe thousands of miles in a single continuous trek. And thousands of people embark on these through hikes every single year, but typically less than half are going to end up completing that goal. And we're gonna discover why here in a second. It's super easy to, to plan out your mileage, all of that stuff when you're sitting in your air conditioned house four months prior to this through hike. You know, you don't have your blisters, yet you aren't craving town food. You have perfectly filtered water that you don't have to go out and get every morning in a stream and, and freeze your hands off. And so the stoke level is super high at that point, right? But once you start to get on trail and realize that, hey, there's a lot of things here that actually kind of suck, the stoke level is going to go down. So we're going to figure out ways to mitigate that. And just to let you know, I've been here before. This is why I feel like I can give some advice on this topic. I have completed the northbound route of the John Muir Trail, which was 240 miles. I've completed the Colorado Trail, 500 miles. The Uinta Highline Trail, 107 miles. And then a bunch of other smaller through hikes like the Timberline and the Lewitt Trail and things like that. Then next year, I'm going to be gearing up for the Long Trail. Now, am I going to do the PCT? Am I going to do the CDT, stuff like that? Probably not. I think that right now in my life where I have with my business just doesn't fit. Possibly down the line, I, I will do it. I never want to say never, but right now, probably not going to do it. So I'm, I'm looking and giving advice for sub 500 mile trails. However, all of this is still going to be relevant if you are looking at the PCT, AT, CDT, any of those longer ones. A, a quick story before we get into these 11 tips. The very first day of my very first through hike, well, it wasn't my first through hike because I did smaller through hikes before that, but the JMT basically. It, the very first day went a little bit like this. So I got up super early. I was super stoked. I got dehydrated during the day. I ran from an evening thunderstorm and I overexerted myself by hiking 21 miles that day at 11,000 feet with eight and a half days of food stuffed in a bear can on my back. And so by the time I got into camp, I was super altitude sick. I couldn't eat dinner. I was super nauseous. I had a headache and I basically just went to bed and I couldn't replace any of the calories that I had the day before, which absolutely was you know pretty critical. And so the next day I went up and I summited and climbed Mount Whitney and I came right back down to my camp and I was passed out by 4.30 p.m. And I remember laying in my tent on both of those days thinking, oh my God, how, do, how am I supposed to do another 220 miles of this? This is, going, this is absolutely nuts. But I, I use some of the things that I'm gonna be talking about in this list to get through that feeling. And I remember telling myself, if I can just get through that feeling, this really shitty feeling that I had, have from the altitude and just being dehydrated and overexertion that I can complete this trail. So here's 11 things that I compiled that, because I don't want this to happen to you. So here's 11 things that will be certain to propel you to the finish. So number one is to start with why. Now, the how I figured this one out, because I read a book called Pacific Crest Trials by Zach forget his last, Zach Davis for, with the trek. And what they recommended you do is that you 
before you even step foot on this trail or even start thinking about the trail really is you want to start with your what is your why are you doing this and so what this looked like for me is that in my notes app on my iphone i would put in why i'm hiking the ct or whatever it was and it was a giant list i would just bullet point it and it would be boom 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 boom. but not only that you want to also think about okay what is it that i'm going to get when i finish this trail and list those things out and then the last thing is what is it like what is going to happen to me if i don't complete this trail and that's a big one i think that's a big one that people forget to talk about right is the fact that hey there's going to be a lot of things here that one second here one thing that a lot of people forget to talk about is the fact of like what happens if i don't actually complete this like how is that going to change my life because obviously your life is going to change if you complete it but what happens if you don't and that one was kind of a scary one for me to fill out but super powerful now when i was laying in my tent at that time on the jmt i actually pulled up my phone multiple times and was reading that list again something you're going to forget about this list when you are kind of going through some significant crap on trail so it's really good to have it easily accessible that's why i recommend using your iPhone notes would be perfect for it. Okay, so number two for completing a th your first through hike is you have to train for it. I am a, if you know me, if you know my page, I love strength training. I love training in general. I love running. I love all that stuff. Well, maybe not love running, but you know, I do it. A lot of people that you will talk to, especially on the longer trails, PCT and things like that, they're gonna say that the trail is always going to get you into shape. And while that may be true for some of these longer trails, because you have a lot of time to build up to it, especially because you probably quit your job, you probably have some zeros that you can do. For some of these shorter trails, most of these people, and myself included, had a job or have a job at the time, a nine to five that they need to get back to. So they were only allotted a certain amount of time. Now that's a problem because you're gonna be trying to, to fit this in, in that amount of time. And if you don't get it done, you know, you probably get fired or you don't go back to your job. So there's a lot of pressure to make this on a time schedule. So how do you combat that? Well, you train before your first through hike. And so what I do a lot of times or, or what I do basically in my daily life, but what I would recommend people to do are things called controlled articular rotations, which are called also called cars. This is going to take your joints in a bunch of different ranges of rotation, help with synovial fluid help you with general strength. Once you get used to them, you can load them with some, I just use like little wrist wrap weight things. I'm gonna leave a link to what cars are in the, in the description below, but I've talked a lot about this. I think these are super, super important to make sure that your joints are healthy, which is something that you really need to do and, and think about when you're on a through hike. The other thing is, is obviously strength training, like making sure that you are bulletproofing yourself by really tightening up your body by increasing the muscle mass in your legs and your ankles or in your calves and all of that other stuff. And then the other thing I like to do in terms of training beforehand is a lot of trail running. And I, I, I like to do trail running because of the simple fact that trail running gets me the miles that I need to do to get my body used to the load of hiking at a fraction of the time it would actually take to hike it. So for example, I did 14 and a half miles yesterday trail running. And it took me, and it was rocky, so it kind of took me a while to do it, but it took me just under five hours to do. And that was two loops of this Medicine Bow Peak. 
Now, most people are going to be doing the whole loop of Medicine Bow Peak in, you know, seven hours if they're hiking at six to seven hours. So I just did two loops in half the time and I got back and was able to do other stuff with my day. And you're still getting the load because you're, you're actually running. So hopefully that makes sense with the trail running, but something I, I highly recommend. Okay, so number three is to consider using trail runners instead of using boots. The reason I love trail runners is that they're lighter, faster drying, and they're way more comfortable than your boots. And something for people that are resistive about this is that I want you to remember that each pound on your feet equals five pounds on your back. And trail runners are, are coming, be, becoming more and more popular, I think, every year. And for most through hikers, I mean, I would probably say 95% of the through hikers that you will see on a trail are most likely wearing trail runners because of, because of how much faster they can hike with them, how much less fatigue they have, and just how much more comfortable they are. Now, brands that I would recommend, I would have recommended Ultra three years ago. However, I can no longer do that as I've had a bunch of shoes blow out within the last couple of years with them. So I am now switching to a shoe brand called Topo, just based off of a lot of other through hikers that I know that have been telling me about it and also with trail runners. So that is a brand for you to, to look at. Now, number four is going to be reduce your base weight. Now, you don't have to be in, you know, a ultralight, you know, phenom with this, but just consider thinking about things that you can pare down. Now, the big three, which would be your tent, your sleeping bag, and your backpack, you want to look at having that under two, under three pounds. And if you can get them under two pounds for each individual one, that would be ideal. I think that just starting there is, is a big deal because a lot of people will be hauling around a, a huge tent or a zero degree sleeping bag in the summer when they don't need to be doing that. And that weighs significantly more than a 20 or a 30 degree bag. Now we'll get into how to reduce your base weight. Another strategy for how to do that in uh, another tip a little bit later on. So just hold tight for that one. The next one is to download Far Out Guides. Now Far Out Guides is a phone app that you can use for navigation. But not only that, it is super essential to figure out different waypoints along the trail. Now what these waypoints are, they, they would be or what are these waypoints? So they would be camping, where to camp. They would be water sources. These are things that are super critical because when you don't have the far out guides on a trail, such as something like the Uinta Highline, you are kind of guessing as to where you can camp, where you can also get water. And what that does, especially with getting water, is the fact that you are going to be carrying more water in between stops than you probably need to usually do. And remember, a liter of water weighs about 2.2 pounds. So if you're hauling around 2.2, you know, two liters of water, you're at four and a half pounds and there's actually water sources quite frequently, but you didn't know that because you can't see the waypoints. That's going to be giving you a lot more fatigue during the day and you know, just something that you don't need. So download the Far Out Guide app. They have most of the bigger trails and more popular trails on there. Probably any, like the, they have the CT, they have, the, they have all of those. So if you're looking at that, be a great app to get something that is absolutely critical in my opinion it's just going to make everything so much easier so much more streamlined so much more effective and efficient and another thing with that is on the waypoints you will have comments on there and so you can read other people's comments that will talk about if this water source if x water source is dried up or if it's still flowing or what the flow rate is so you can really start to plan your day 
typically how this would look like for me is like every break that I would do is I, I would look, okay, what's four miles out? Is there any water sources? Okay, I know I need to just bring a liter for that, right? If it's longer than that, okay, I need to bring a little bit more, okay? Here's where maybe I'll camp for the night as I, I look at it in the afternoon. Here's my like target. Every night I would go on there. Okay, here's you know, 20 to 25 miles trail. Here's like maybe where I'll camp for the night, just depending. And so that's how I would plan out every single day. And it was great. So the next one is to complete a shakedown hike. Now this goes back to reducing your base weight. This basically is simulating through hiking conditions to fine tune your gear. And what this is going to do is help you eliminate redundancies in your kit so that you can either eliminate a piece of gear or bring in a piece of gear that you might need or realize, hey, I can use this piece of gear and it's a multi-purpose piece of gear like a Tyvek sheet. You know, that I can write a sign on there. So, and I can also use it as a ground sheet. I can also use it to cover up. So you can use it as a, a multi-purpose item. And so, which means you wouldn't have to bring a, another piece basically to replace that or in addition to that. Shakedown hikes are great. They can be anything from really, you could just do an overnighter. I mean, that's going to probably solve a lot of things such as, or, you know, even with your camera equipment, I can think about, I should have, I realized that what was it? it was something with my camera that I, that when I was on trail, I was like, shoot, I should have, if I would have just did an overnight shakedown, I would have realized this and I would have not brought this, th this piece of equipment. But, you know, I was on trail at that point and couldn't really do anything about it. But even an overnight shakedown hike is great. Even, you know, that's probably minimal. Two days would be great. Next we have is to start with 100 miles. And the reason I say 100 miles is because it's going to bridge that gap between your romanticized idea idea of through hiking and reality. And really this kind of acts as a shakedown hike on steroids. Again, when you're laying in your air-conditioned house and you're watching YouTube videos of people hiking the Pacific Crest Trail set to beautiful music and beautiful scenery, it's really easy to get into that romanticized version of what a through hike is. And I think 100 miles will give you enough of the actual thru-hike reality without burning you out before a, a potential thru-hike that you can kind of develop whether or not, or, or develop wouldn't be the right word, you can assess whether or not you would be a good fit to thru-hike in the future and whether that's something you actually like or is just romanticized in your head. 100 miles is great for that. Next, next is to pick a trail that inspires you. So this is, you know, pick a, obviously this is kind of a no brainer, but choose a trail environment that you you genuinely enjoy and that align your preferences with the trail's characteristics. Something that I would not, something that a lot of people don't do is they don't hike the Appalachian Trail. And the reason why is because they don't want to be in a green tunnel. Now, conversely, people from the East Coast might not want to hike in the desert, so they might want not, not want to do the AZT. Arizona Trail. So especially for your first through hike to make sure that you enjoy it, make sure that you actually like the environment that you're in. This is why my first section hike ever was 100 miles. My first real kind of through longer hike anyway was through a section of Oregon that I knew I was going to love and that that really inspired me. So this really helps too, especially when you're having a down day trail that you can look up on far out guides that, hey, oh, I get to see this X, Y, and Z tomorrow, this really sweet overlook. And so it'll, it'll bring you up from the depths <laughs> that you may be going through. Next is to consider going solo. Now, hear me out on this one. Most of these popular trails are going to have a ton of people on there. So 
are you truly solo? Not really. I mean, not that I would consider it anyways. When I did the you went to Highline Trail, now that to me felt like a true solo hike because of the fact that I didn't see anybody all day, ever. Not even on feeder trail, nothing. Like I was truly solo. There wasn't anybody to help me. There wasn't anybody that I could bump food off of. There wasn't anybody that I could talk to. There was nothing. Now with the PCT, with more of these social trails, JMT, CT, you're going to be passing people, Sobo, Nobo, all of that everywhere. So when you go solo, you're actually not really solo. But, the, but why I say this, especially for these more popular trails, is because it gives you the opportunity to meet new people and to, to hike with them and form those connections. If you're with someone, a partner on trail, it's not to say that you won't do that, but it's just saying that it would it might be a little bit harder because you might have to default to how their hiking style is or what they want to do. When you go solo on a trail, you're not married to anybody on the trail, which is great. So if you meet somebody, you vibe with them, that's great, that's great. But if they have to get off trail because they have to go to a wedding, you don't have to do that. You can keep going and meet new people. So that's just how I think of it and how I choose to hike my through hikes anyway. Couple more is to embrace the mental challenge. Now, through hiking obviously is both a physical and a mental test. There is going to be a bunch of down moments on a through hike. Yes, I know a lot of YouTube videos that you watch, they're not going to show that. This is why I show it in mine because I don't want people to get a false reality of what through hiking is. This is why I bitch and complain sometimes online because that's just how it works. But if you have been watching these YouTube videos with, again, the beautiful music, the great scenery, the great vibes. It's just not how it is all the time. There's going to be periods of homeless or home, not homelessness, homesickness. There's going to be fatigue. There's going to be headaches. There's going to be cold mornings. There's going to be a bunch of stuff like that. But always remember that one of my mentors once told me that I, again, I hiked with when I was going solo on that section hike that I met. He said that there's always more good days than bad days on trail. And it does always seem to me that every time I'm experiencing a down moment, somehow the trail serendipitously makes up for it during the day at some point. Super crazy. I don't know why. Literally, it happens every single time that I'm having a bad day. Okay, next is to throw your plans out the window. Now, when you're, when you're planning these through hikes, you kind of, for me, I like to have a general itinerary just because I want to know kind of where I'm on target, at least with these smaller through hikes. The Colorado Trail is kind of a shit show just because of the fact that it's a longer trail. Any, any trail that gets super long, there's just going to be so many things that could pop up that would destroy your itinerary that it's kind of useless to plan one. But I do like generally having like a target. But just know that once your trail runners hit the ground, your plan is probably going to go out the window. So be flexible with this itinerary that you create and adapt to those unexpected circumstances and just really enjoy the journey because that's really what a through hike is about. Again, as you'll see, is that there's just so many serendipitous moments on these through hikes that it just, that's what makes the through hike a through hike. That's, that's why at least I like to go out there is to experience the through hike culture of all these serendipitous moments where you're meeting new people, you're getting hitches. You, it's just, there's just so much, the wilderness is home, home to randomness. And so just embracing that, that is something that, I, as I started through hiking, I started to realize that was kind of the name of the game. And it's just really, it's just really, it makes the trip a lot more fun instead of being, having a, a super rigid plan. And so I've taken this now into my trips in just in, in general, outside of a through hike where I don't, I have a rough plan of it, but I, I allow 
for, again, I'm going to say it again. You just like take a drink every time I say serendipitous, but you allow for those serendipitous moments to occur. If you're too rigid, they don't occur. And those are some of the best moments and most memorable moments that you will have on trail. Also, remember, take pictures on the trail of these moments, of these people that you meet, because you're going to regret it if you don't as well. Now, when you end up completing your first through hike, this is going to do a couple things for you. And I think the most powerful thing is that you are going to develop a real amount of gratitude for <clears throat> the comforts in your quote unquote real life. And I think it's proportional for how long you are actually out in the wilderness. So if you are out on a through hike for two to three weeks, when you get home, you're going to be so thankful for filtered water. You're going to be so thankful for coffee. You're going to be so thankful for your bed for about two to three weeks after that. And then it starts to gradually wear off. However, it's always going to stick in your mind at some point. I don't think that there's any way that you could not become at least a little bit more of a minimalist after some type of a through hike because you just realize that, oh my God, like I just survived three weeks out of my backpack and now I have all the stuff that I'm surrounded by in my house. Do I really need this? Do I really need that? And so coming back, that's one of my favorite things about coming back from a successful through hike is just being grateful and having the gratitude. That's that's really the best way I have found to, to get gratitude really in my, in my own life. I mean, on top of that, obviously you're going to have a bunch more of a, a bunch more confidence. You're going to create a longer runway for you to do bigger adventures every single year after that. So highly recommend, you know, completing the through hike, even though it's going to really kind of be type two fun at times. And, and, and it honestly, it will kind of suck. So hopefully you follow these tips. So hopefully, so these tips. So if you follow these tips, I guarantee you it's going to, again, increase your chances of completing your next through hike or your first through hike. And if you feel like it deserves it, please like this podcast. And if you're on Spotify, please, please leave a five-star rating. That would mean a lot to me. We'll see you guys for the next one.